Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm the co-founder of Ignite DA. And as always, so glad you joined us. This is a very important topic today. I'm so excited to have Dr. Perul Dula-Makar on with us as we talk about oral cancer. Dr. Makar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I've read so much about your story and what has inspired you, uh, but obviously uh, I'd love for our eyes to know a little bit more about you before we dive into the topic today. So I'm a general dentist in private practice in, um, in New York, in Long Island, and, uh, you know, do all um, aspects of dentistry. And my life took a turn when I lost my younger and only brother, who is a dentist himself followed my footsteps and uh, lost him to oral cancer. Yeah. And and the stories that I've read, and we will link to those in the show notes so that people can can see a little bit more about this, but the stories I've read, honestly, it, it just brings to light the importance of oral health uh, and, and oral cancer and, and staying on top of things. And, and I'm wondering your message that you try to get out there to dental assistants and all dental professionals about oral cancer and in the importance of screening sure you know my whole thing with why i share the story and why i do what i do and spread the message is because manu was a dentist himself he was seeing an oral surgeon at the time he did have a lesion that was long-standing non-healing and it was deemed as lichen planus without having a biopsy and even having wisdom teeth removed, they thought that it was an ulcerative lesion from, you know, from the wisdom teeth. And even after that, he still didn't have the biopsy. It was much later when the lesion had become much larger and he was, it was getting more and more symptomatic. So my point is sharing the story with all dental professionals. You know, we're a team. It's not the, the dentist alone. It's a team of hygienists. The dental assistants are so critical in patient care. And that, you know, doctors may not spend the time. Patients may open up more to, you know, the assistant. They might feel a little bit because they're in the room or they're bringing them in. They're spending more time with them. And and with hygienists, the same thing is listening to your patients. You know, what are they talking? What are they, hey, I got a, my throat feels really weird. You know, I've been having this lump in my throat or I've got this cough or my tongue is you know, moving funny and just kind of, talking to your patients and having more open discussions uh, beyond like, oh, you're here, we're going to drill fill bill you. You know, we are seeing people, we are not seeing machines. And so we need to, you know, oral health is, is so critical to systemic health. And so, you know, to be more vigilant and, um, and it may be something that at my angle, I don't see. And, and there are many times my assistants will tell me, hey, I see a stain on the side. You know, you want to just kind of look at that? And, or, you know, I see a lesion when I was taking a PA because they'll go in and take x-rays before the doctor even walks in. And you can say, hey, I saw something that kind of looked funny. You know, when you go in for your exam, just kind of pay closer attention to it. So it's just bringing that awareness um, because early detection is truly the key to survival and more conservative treatment and saving lives. And, and I just want to emphasize, you you want your assistants to bring something up if they if they see something. I know a lot Absolutely. of assistants are, are hesitant to do that, and, yeah. and I think having that confidence is an important thing. Yeah, we're a 
we're a you know we're a team it's not just oh the doctor and the we're a team we're treating patients we're giving care and um you know it's a coagulative effect to serving patients and that's the ultimate goal is patient care and you know you should you see something bring it up <laughs> you know in the stories i've read about your younger brother uh he he kind of and dismissed it a little bit because he was young, he was healthy, you know, he was really in 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 his uh, early 30s in the prime of life and kind of dismissed the cancer and I I thought that that was so striking to me that he didn't really have any of the signs that he could be an oral cancer uh, right. uh patient. Right. Cancer is more and more prevalent in the younger population. Um, I believe a fifth of the cases right now are people under the age of 50. And we all think that cancer doesn't affect us. And I think Manu, it was the same. He was prime of his life, um, very active, healthy, young, and didn't smoke, didn't drink. And he's like, you know, and when I saw the lesion, I'm like, this looks like cancer. Can you please get this biopsy? He's like, no, it can't be cancer. Cancer doesn't hurt. Cancer, uh, you know, I've got, I've got this under control. I'm getting steroid treatment. So... And um, and I think that's part of the denial, even though, you know, we're in the field, we know too much and we don't think it can happen to us. And that, I think, falls with everyone that you don't want the big C word in your life or your families or any of your loved ones. And that's the last thing you think of when you're, you know, in your early 30s and you've got a full time practice that you've built from scratch and you know, you're not out there chewing tobacco or vaping and other traditional risk factors. But it is on the rise, and uh, you know these forms of cancer are more on the rise due to HPV related, which is the human papilloma virus. Manu did not have that because his was in the anterior third of the tongue when initial lesion, and more of the um, oral pharyngeal cancers are the posterior. So his wasn't related, but they're definitely on the rise, and we have to be aware of it. I know that there are some dental practices out there that still do not screen for oral cancer because they're, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, afraid of finding something. If if an assistant is listening to this and his or her practice isn't screening for oral cancer, what, what would you suggest as a talking point to hopefully start that conversation within the practice? So with dental practice, to telling the team and the doctors is first do the oral screening. Um it's very quick and easy. It maybe takes two minutes of your time. I know there is not another code to bill for dental screenings. You know, it calls into that full comprehensive care or the recall exam. Um, however, this is part of the recall exam. And unfortunately, if you see a lesion that looks suspicious, you know, you tell your patient, let me see you in two weeks. Let me see if this lesion has subsided. Anything and we all know that it should heal within the mouth within two weeks. And if it doesn't, it's caused an alarm. And especially if there's a cancer history or tobacco use or alcohol use. And there is no code to bill for that. And I think that also plays into the factor of because now you're bringing a patient in and you're taking chair time, but you're not able to build a service. So really what I want patients, oh, sorry, I want the doctors to know, the dentists to know is Take the extra two minutes. It's a great way to build your practice. You don't need, you know, there are devices like Valscope out there to help um, screen better. And that's 
a wonderful tool. Um, but, you know, touch, feel, ask questions because it builds your practice. Yes, it's scary to talk about it. Yes, it's alarming to tell anybody. But, you know, send them for a biopsy. And then the onus falls off of you. It's, these cases are not detecting you're at a higher risk for getting sued because you fail to tell your patient you saw something suspicious in your mouth, you know? So that fear of not getting the earlier diagnosis while the patient's in your care should be more than than being afraid to tell the patient that you have cancer. We're doctors. We deal with health. You would tell your patients all the time, hey, you've got a tooth that's dying, you know, and you need a root canal or it needs an extraction or you've got poor gum disease and you have diabetes and heart problems, you should be taking care. Why should it be different for oral cancer? You yourself are dying. A tooth can be replaced, but a person cannot be replaced. Exactly. And so why the fear? And, and I know dental assistants so often are with the patient's maybe before the dentist enters, after the, the dentist leaves. And so I, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's important for the dental assistant to kind of be confident if the, if the patient has questions about the oral cancer screening or if there's a biopsy that is ordered. You know, it's important for the dental assistant to have that confidence and the knowledge to be able to talk a little bit more with the patient about that. Absolutely. And not to, you know, if you do see something suspicious, don't alarm the patient. Oh, my gosh, I think this is cancer. But say, I really think we need to, this hasn't healed. You know, it's just using the right terminology. This isn't healed. I, you know, would like you to just get it so that we can give you appropriate care. Is this tra trauma lesion from like an ill-fitting denture or like a sharp cusp of a tooth? Or is it a bacterial related? Is it a herpetic lesion? You know, just so that we know what it is and give you appropriate care. Not necessarily are we sending patients off for biopsies if they are cancer alone. You know, there are other multitude of lesions that could be it. And just because something doesn't hurt doesn't mean that it's not being harmful. We all know that, right? There's, you know, lesions that are, um, they're slow growing. So it's having the confidence. It's also, you know, calming the patient down. Like this is not the worst. Let's, we're just sending for a biopsy. There's nothing to be alarmed about. Let's just get an earlier check on it. And uh, knowing who the surgeons out there are and having open, honest discussions and asking questions, you know. So often we, we talk about the dental medical connection. We talk about oral systemic link. We talk about wanting to build those connections within the community with our, our medical brothers and sisters. And I think this is an excellent way to, to start down that path if your practice hasn't already. Correct. No, it's a great practice builder because now patients feel that you're really caring about the person and you know unfortunately dentists have this bad reputation of being so expensive they're only after money you know uh, it's changing the narrative that we are um, taking care of you as a whole and like in medical offices nurses are out there PAs are out there who are working in conjunction with the doctors and in just the same way the hygienists, the dental assistants, they are key players in patient care. And that's what it is. We're not just treating a tooth and a mouth. We're treating the body, the person. And there's so many systemic uh, conditions linked to poor oral health. And oral cancer, one of the risk factors, is poor oral health. So 
it's so essential. You know, I know we're, this podcast is coming out in April. It's Oral Cancer Awareness Month. It's always pushed to the front this month. But I always feel like the other 11 months out of the year, sometimes we don't talk about it enough. We don't do enough. It, it, how do we really raise that awareness in October, November, the other months of the year? Is, is it simply with the screenings and just being having that confidence? Definitely with screening, uh, screenings, uh, with public outreach. You know, you could contact your local hospital, your local schools, or depending on where you live and how open and receptive they are to do a screening. And, you know, April, people get bombarded because it is the highlight of the month. But it could be starting, you know, earlier in the year or a little bit later. Hey, holidays are coming just before you're heading out. Let's get you in for your cleanings. Let's get you screened. Um, and also, you know, I'm working with the Oral Cancer Foundation. We're doing a walk uh, in Long Island. It's the first one. And I'm working with uh, the Nassau County Dental Society, and I chair the event. And we're doing it in September. We're not doing it in April, just just so that we can revisit and really, you know, keep the focus that screenings should not be just done April. And we should continually, every time patient comes in, really screen them to your oral head and neck exams. And yeah, it should be a day-to-day practice. I know one of the things that came out of your brother's death was a book that you wrote. And, and obviously I've read some of the excerpts of it. It, it seems like a very poignant tale. Uh, what, what do you hope to accomplish through that book and, and sharing it with the world? So the book is actually a collection of blogs that my brother wrote while fighting cancer. And he wrote it during the time of COVID uh, when his cancer had returned for the second time. And he had finished chemo radiation and the cancers was still growing, but he was still hopeful. He never lost hope in fighting this. And he talks about it very vividly, very candidly. It was his journey. And, um, and the book talks about life lessons that he reflects on knowing that his days are numbered. He, he talks about tomorrow comes or doesn't come. And, uh, but I will keep pushing and hoping for the best. Um, he talks about how we're mortal beings and we can die at any moment and that death is just an ever-present danger in our lives where, where everyone's going to die. Um, he knew his names were numbered. Some of us are not as lucky. Um, you know, it could be a car accident, it could be uh, anything, um, an allergic reaction. And so he's like... I know we're going to be dying. Let's leave something positive for the world to remember you with. And that's how you attain immortality to achieve that. And, you know, he just talks about life lessons. And so when he passed, he had an article that had come out in Dentaltown where, so he actually started his journey in Dentaltown talking about cancer. Initially, it was in when he was on the cover of the magazine in 2019. And he also wrote about the article, Dr. Heal Thyself, where he talks about his surgery, his discovery, and his thoughts. And as the cancer progressed, his last article was on leaving dentistry. He actually, as cancer progressed and COVID uh, being a factor, he decided to leave the profession. And uh, 
that article got published posthumously. I walked into his house uh, two days after his death, and I found that in the mail. And I remember him telling me how he wanted this published. And then I found all the writings on his laptop, which he had been sharing with me over the year, over the few months. And that was his last wish, that he wanted this to be a book. And he could not see it in person. But uh, this was my uh, gift or the only thing that I could do for him. Uh, I failed to save him. Uh, COVID played a big factor into that. And so it was my last... uh, you know, a way to heal. And I write the epilogue in the foreword because I want, you know, your listeners and all dental professionals to realize that cancer doesn't affect just the person who has it. It affects the whole village around him or her. You know, if you're watching a loved one going through any cancer treatment, you know, the rounds of surgeries, um, the facial in his case, uh, or any other um scars that you build. There are scars that you can't see, emotional scars, psychological scars of going through rounds of radiation and chemo and medication and lifestyle changes. So, and the person who has cancer leaves. And I talk about the aftermath of it. Um, Manu's done hurting. He's lived his journey and he's not in pain, but the people left and we're still in pain and we suffer his loss every day. And so why is it so important to do it? And that's what the book talks about. Um, It's a very open conversation, maybe a trigger for some people, but it's life lessons and and the aftermath of it all. And um, the book's on Amazon, and it's also on my website, um, which is paroldua.com. And um, I'm happy to share this journey that's a, it's a tough journey to go through. Well, I'm I'm very thankful that you were willing to share part of this with our listeners because I I I feel so strongly that that even if one life is saved, it, it's worth the conversation and and hopefully it's uh, as you said, you know, every month is World Cancer Awareness Month moving forward. So uh, thank you so much for being on today. And 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 would you just remind listeners uh, the title of the book one more time, please? I appreciate sure. that. It's the book's name is Life Interrupted Dr. Dua's Survival Guide uh, by Dr. Manu, M A N U, Dua, D U A. And, um, or you can go on my website, which is Parol, my first name, P A R U L D U A M A K K A R dot com. And there are links to the book as well. And we'll certainly put links to that in the show notes as well so that our listeners can can find it easily as well as be able to reach out to you because I know that this is something that it's it's a deep conversation, but it's a necessary conversation as well. So thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Kevin. Have a great day. Thank you. And thanks to all of you who have listened to this episode. We We know this is a tough topic. We know that this is something that is difficult to talk about with patients. But at the same time, it is so necessary, so important. So please screen for oral cancer. Take care of your patients. As, as Dr. McCarr said, treat them like humans rather than just numbers or teeth. Uh, and until next time, this is Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off for the Dental Assistant Nation podcast and always reminding you that together we rise. <laughs>